This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest. This is the podcast that is all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly when we go out into the world. What a wonderful concept, Marjorie. I'm so glad we came up with it. I know. Brilliant. (laughs) So brilliant. So Best to the Nest, I think this is a really important episode because we're going to take our mission literally, Marjorie, when it comes to (laughs) the nest and making our home beautiful, literally making our home beautiful. We're talking about interior design and ways to make your house, reflect who you are, be fabulous, be cozy, be wonderful, so that it really can become that sanctuary. Sometimes I think the idea of like furniture and paint colors and drapery can seem a little vain. It really isn't. Well, it can seem overwhelming. It can seem expensive. And I think there are lots of ways to look at your home. And I think there's a reason why like Marie Kondo is so hot right now, that even just the simple act of cleaning up your home and organizing your home can bring you more joy. And so I, I think it always has to start there. But then there is that next step of making sure that everything around you makes you feel like this is where you want to be. I think we've all gone through housing crises where we feel like it's out of control. Yeah. And we don't want to be there. And that's, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get that under, you gotta, you gotta take care of that. Yeah, you totally do. You want your home to be a place that reflects you. Mm-hmm. And so I do want to do a quick reminder before we get to our guest, who's a very special guest today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to remind you that if you're new to the podcast and you're just popping in and you're thinking, who are you two? What's going on? You can always <laughs> go back to our first episode, which is best to the nest 101. It's our very first one. And that's where we really talk about our story, our relationship and uh, the beginnings of Best to the Nest and really what we hope to accomplish through these conversations. So it's just kind of a fun one to pop back to. If you're just joining us now, welcome. And if, welcome. You, want, if you want the info, go back to that first episode. So let's get right to it. Should we welcome our guest, Marjorie? I'm very excited about this. You know, when we wanted to talk about home design, I thought, let's call the best interior designer we know. Let's call the top of the top, the creme de la creme. My mom, Susie (laughs) Reese, who is by far the best interior designer I know. And so we've got her. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. Good morning, Marjorie as well. Good morning, Susie. You know, this is so – I will say over the years, I am – I love my mother very much, but I am a bit envious – of Elizabeth for having an interior designer in the family because that's just that's like having a doctor in the family that's just the best thing in the world I do get texts and emails you know strange times of day on uh, many interior design questions and it's always an honor to ask, to answer that's wow sure. that's wonderful so my mom is an, is an interior designer Susie Reese Interiors is her business she's very very busy she works on big projects small projects she also does some really fun segments on uh, the TV show I host, Twin Cities Live, in the afternoons, and so I I saw her chopping pillows on one episode, but it was quite aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of scared me a little, Susie. Is that how you take out your aggression, Mom, chopping the pillows? 
Well, it's very important that those pillows are in the right position at all times. <laughs> yes. uh, for some reason, they just get moved on that set. I don't know if there's nap-taking going on. There or probably what, is. Nap-taking. Um, Sometimes she'll text me in the middle of the show and be like, have someone fix those pillows. And Top. then I Top. just run and fix the pillows. So I think let's start, Mom, with this idea of making your house a home. What's the difference, I think, between just having furniture and stuff in your house and then having stuff in your house that's really serving you and fitting you and reflecting who you are. That's what you do, right, Mom? Make that shift. It, it is what I do. And and I used to think, just like you and you when you were opening this uh, segment, saying you used to think it was kind of vain or trivial. And I used to even wonder about that in my own job as well in this, thinking, boy, I'm not saving lives. Is it really important? But I have seen lives change with our home feeling like ourselves, feeling like a comfortable beautiful place that we walk into every single day and love and it is important we're made that way to want to nest to want to have a sanctuary and uh when it's all disheveled or doesn't go together or doesn't feel cohesive it's probably not so that's where someone that does this like myself all day long and eats drinks and sleeps it many Mm -hmm. times my best ideas come at 3 a.m unfortunately (laughs) Uh, but that's what we do and it's often good to have a new eye just come in there if you're wondering why why does it not just feel beautiful and right and and we're not talking necessarily so much money we're talking very simple things that can make it feel that way for you and then you can build on it i'm sorry to interrupt but tell me about those simple things what are the simplest things? Like if somebody were walking into their house today, what is it, what are the simple things that they can do to okay. start making to start making their important house important things? Paint colors, number one, the yeah. simplest thing. And a lot of people do need help with that because people see color differently, especially husbands and wives. Uh, most men are colorblind, believe it or not. A lot of men are colorblind. That's that's a, that's what? statistically true, that there are more men yes. that are colorblind than women that are colorblind. Yes. Do they know that it's they're colorblind? Very, yeah, it's interesting. And most men see everything as green that huh. are colorblind. So having, but the wrong paint color can throw everything off. So get some help with that. And the second simplest thing is scale of furniture and placement. It doesn't fit the same in your home as it does in a showroom or a store. This is the biggest thing. Yeah, people go into these stores that are massive, and Uh they're thinking, oh, that sectional looks great. Well, then they get it into their, like, 800-square-foot condo, and it's, like, Uh just completely drowning. You're drowning in sectional. Right, right. So the two simplest things right off the bat without much money is the right scale and have a professional, either whether it's the store person or have a designer come pick your paint color and have us and consult with you on that and have a professional floor plan drawn because then you've got all the sizes. You can shop to your heart's content or have them do it for you, but it will fit. If it works on paper, it's going to work in the room. Oh, I love that. And I think what's interesting now, and this has been a wonderful trend, I think, in the last 20 years, is that if you're going to go to most places now, you can get some help designing. Yes. That mm-hmm. I, I think hiring a de- designer is a wonderful thing if you have the budget for it. But if you really don't, but you do need to buy furniture, that you really ought to take your measurements. And I think people don't do that. They often don't take advantage of what stores will even offer you on that basic fundamental level of scale, of just making sure Absolutely. you buy furniture that's going to fit in your house. Yes, and it happens all the time. All yeah. the time I'll go into homes and they just bought it off the floor and they wonder why it's not working. 
Right. Just so because it's, it's not the right size. Mom, what happens when, I mean, and I know how this is for me, but I've never had like a designer come in and just completely revamp and then move on. I mean, what's like the shift in people's mental states when they mm-hmm. have that change and they really commit and say, listen, I know you have a lot of clients who say we've waited a long time to do it right. We've saved a mm-hmm. lot to do it right. And now we want, we really want to have you come in and do it. What happens to them after this change has happened in their home? Well, they, I would be taking it all off of them and all that anxiety. And am I wasting money? And am I not doing it right? And will I hate it? And we put it on us. And again, that's why we don't sleep usually because um, that is my home then too. I'm going to make sure that everything fits and it looks good and they love it. So there's a lot about listening as well. Um, But they have no more anxiety Yeah. because if they trust their designer, they don't have to worry anymore. And I don't let them worry. From here on out, I do the worrying. I I send you out to lunch on delivery day and you come back in and candles are lit. Oh. That's what she does. She usually has like some sort of charcuterie platter out too. Oh, yeah. that's and wonderful. Chocolate and um, it's an experience. Yeah, she and gets it's tears. It's a lot oh. of money. Or not, but right. it's important. It's an experience. Well, I think, too, the interesting thing is how many marriages you save. Because I think that's where a lot of, at yeah. least in my own marriage, most mm-hmm. of our, we've had more fights than seem reasonable over things yeah. like, paint color, furniture uh-huh. placement, rugs, rugs, <laughs> because it's, there's no way to effectively really, it's very difficult when you're actually going and you're designing a room yourselves, a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. of course your tastes are going to mm-hmm. be different. Of course you're going to have a different idea. When I think about like the house that my husband grew up in and the house that I grew up in, they're so different. So we come to it with such different tastes that it's hard to find common ground in that. And I think yeah. for a lot of times that's mm-hmm. what a designer can do as well is really find the common ground because you're going to listen to the wife you're going to listen to the husband and then you're going to mediate that and that's 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 worth the price right there (laughs) it it certainly is and i always say i'm a financial planner i'm a marriage counselor i'm a therapist i'm a designer (laughs) it's we all laugh about that all designers because we have seen it all and we do it all for the, the couples or alone. And, and I think, too, it's so important to the, usually, I'd say 90% more important to the woman in the home. And mm. it's a wonderful thing when I see many of the men respect that and understand that. It's not a control issue and it shouldn't be. Um, it really, we are made that way. We, we need our homes beautiful and to feel and I'm not talking money I'm just talking feeling like ourselves yeah and um when when the the partner respects that and understands that it's a really happy marriage and I've heard many the best things I heard some of the husbands say is when she's happy I'm happy (laughs) and then when she's happy he really is happy yeah right because it, it really goes both ways. And I love hearing that when I hear that because he respects what is important to her. And then we respect the fact that they want to hunt or fish or whatever, too. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that's every time, as you know, with marriages, but most of the time in our experiences, we have seen it this way. Yeah, that's right. interesting. I mean, I think there are some things that, yeah, and she's right. Not every marriage is the same and not every relationship is the same. No, I was laughing at the hunting and fishing. I was trying to picture my husband <laughs> hunting and fishing. Yeah. Oh, man, just, that's my husband. Yeah, I know it is, but can't, yeah. I can't even get a visual hard. image of that. Yeah. <laughs> so No, it is, but I will 
will tell you, we talked about this on one of our episodes of Best of the Nest Mom, that it was a real interesting awakening for me having grown up in a household where my dad, your husband, mm-hmm. Tom, mm-hmm. he stayed out of it because my mom yeah. was a designer. So he right. had absolutely nothing to say. I mean, I, I think occasionally it would be like, Oh, that chair's really comfortable. I like that one. I mean, I think that Uh was all I heard. It was never any input on the design. And so then when we, when I got married and moved into my house, this recent house, and then my husband Jay wanted to have a say, I was like, what What? in the hell? What are you doing? this happen? Keep your mouth shut, sir. Yeah, really. <laughs> this is not your role. I can't. I can't. How dare you? Go, yeah. yeah, get out there and feed the family. I mean, yeah. what in the world? I know it is. It's. It's an interesting dynamic, and I think I think more and more generationally, mom, yeah. more men do care more. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. it's a lot of us are trying to figure out how to navigate that because and it's hard. It's hard. It's really because hard. Because we yeah. want to have these roles in our relationships that are, you know, we want equality. We want to be able to have those traditionally female tasks be taken on by men and and vice uh-huh. versa. And so uh-huh. um, in, the this, we, yeah. in this case, boy, it's, I mean, it's tough. Because the minute you yeah. do that, then you have to open up the other side of it. Right. So if we want equality, yeah. it opens up the other side, which in terms of decorating our homes, it was very much a 50-50 thing. And he yeah. very much wanted to say. And that was hard. That was that was hard for me to reconcile, too, because a lot of the times I was the one that was sort of renovating the house. I was making sure that everything sort of was functioning just on a, a structural level. And so once I did all that hard work, I felt like I had the right to do all the decorating. (laughs) But before you go, Mom, I really want to get to just like a couple really tangible things because I think people are always wondering this, where you should spend the money and where you should try to save. Like investment pieces versus trying to fill in with things that are maybe a little bit less expensive. Where do you think that we should save our pennies and put our money towards? Well, I always say get the best quality you can for the best price on the pieces that are being used every day. Okay. So a sofa. There is a huge difference in the quality of sofas that look exactly the same at a less expensive store and you'll see a more expensive piece and you'll say they look the same. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. difference. Um, if you were to take a, a chainsaw and cut right through it, you would see the difference, believe me. So uh, do do a great sofa. Do it, you'll The cushioning is huge. You're going to see that breakdown on a cheaper one within two months. Gonna wow. See there's literally cardboard and particle board and one spring yeah. inside wow. some of these cheaper ones that are still $1,000. Yeah, right. we're talking a thousand dollars. Put that towards a four thousand dollar one that's on sale for two thousand, and you've got a great sofa. Yeah. Now, for less expensive pieces, if you don't need drawers that are functional, because that's another thing that will really break down fast if it's a cheapie. Mm-hmm. But tables, you can find great tables less expensive. You can look at World Market. You can look at Target. You can look online, Wayfair, some of those. If they don't need to move and function, there's where you can save a money, the money, where if you were to buy a more expensive one, you could probably get a very similar look for $3,000. Okay, so this is impor- important. Like if you're looking at a dresser, which is going to have a lot of drawers, mm-hmm. wait and yeah. save for something that's really better quality but if you're going to do like a cool like parsons desk or something like that then you can go cheaper absolutely yeah whatever needs to move or function it needs to be a good quality i'd rather even if i'm looking for a dresser 
find a used piece somewhere that someone's getting rid of that's a high quality and have it painted or enameled or lacquered with new hardware than spend that same money or more on a cheapy piece that the drawers are going to drive you crazy and break within a month. Actually, that's great advice. That really is because you can, I'm really big on 100% wood. And so if I'm going to go, I just had to go find an end table for our house in Kansas. And I just went and shopped all the, like the little antique shops and found something that was 100% wood. And it's just a little piece because I had gone and looked at some other places and I just, I wanted it to feel solid. Um, But you're right. You can always find, if if you're patient, you can usually find something, you know, at a secondhand Mm -hmm. store or an antique store that's going to be pretty good quality. And be creative with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. Are there any finishes or styles, Mom? This is our last question, then we'll let you go to your client who's waiting for you patiently. I don't want to let her go. I know, I know. (laughs) Are there any styles or finishes that you think are really timeless, things that just never seem to go out of style? Oh, that's a good question. Well, really clean lines are always, you know, like the arms on a sofa, you can do an English arm or you can do just a rolled arm, not really massive, not really poofy, not a lot of nails, just keep as clean as possible because you can always embellish that. Yeah. You can do more fancy pillows if you want with more pattern. So keep it classic and simple. And I would say that on your tables as well. If you have great big heavy carving on that, you may get tired of that in five years. Yeah. Where if you have a clean, simple one, you can always put an antique, wonderful sculptural piece on it or something. So with accessories, you can get into the trendy part. For your main pieces that you want to keep a long time, then um, keep them neutral if you can and keep them clean. That's can great. I, can I ask one more quick question? I know you've got to go. <laughs> a go-to, I have a million questions. A go-to neutral paint color. Does that exist oh, yeah. for you? Oh, she's, you know, she's the paint whisperer, Marjorie. You oh. know, like you're the house whisperer. Oh. Susie's the paint whisperer. Can I just say, when she goes into your house and picks paints, she f- fans out her little paint things. Oh. She gets very quiet and she kind of <laughs> purses her lips a little bit and she kind of squints her eyes a little bit. And she lets the home speak to her. Oh, that's, a, that's such a gift. Have you followed me around a home? Yeah, my house, Mom. This happens every time you're in my house. It's true. I don't let people's clients talk to me when I'm doing that because it, I have to move it around to different lights. And what's interesting, you know, is that the light in different parts of the country is different as yeah. well. So I never pick paint on a home I'm working on in Scottsdale for right. um, just because, uh, long distance. I need to go there um, right. or get someone from there that you trust because the light is different. It, it has a different hue on your paint. But I would say uh, I love Benjamin Moore. I love Sherwin-Williams. has some wonderful neutrals in there. A tried-and-true paint-colored deck I love is Restoration Hardwares. And let me tell you why. I don't know how much money they spent developing their colors, but I think they nailed it. Um, They have good neutrals that works all around the country. Um, Grays are still really in right now, and there's a palette called a lighter shade called Stone, which I love. It works in a lot of different areas of the home. It's a just pretty, pretty neutral that takes on a taupe and a gray and a cream all in one. Oh, I have it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I have it in a lot of my house. Yeah, so that, and then all all of their colors in their paint deck, and there's not 10,000. You know, there's, I don't know, maybe 
10, 15. I don't oh, know how that's many, great. If you just want to get that book, and you can buy that, I think it's $10 or something at Restoration Hardware or order it. And you have that little fan deck, you can carry that around. So in a nutshell, I would say that would be a good place to start. Mm-hmm some really pretty colors that work well together without you being 10,000 colors on a paint deck that you're confused on. Oh, Mom, you're the best. Yeah, Listen, she really is. I know. We've got to let her go so she can get okay. to her client. But, um, Mom, do you promise us that you'll come back because we need you to oh, be a regular contributor to Best to the Nest. It's so important. I'm so honored that you called. And <laughs> I to hear your voice, Marjorie. <laughs> so good to hear yours. All right. I love you, Mama. Love you, too, honey. Love you, too, Marjorie. Love you, too. <laughs> big hugs. Big hugs. All right. Bye. 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 Oh, she's so dear. She's the cutest. She's the cutest, sweetest thing you've ever encountered in your life. Susie Reese, Susie Reese Interiors. She is super talented and she really listens to people. That's what I think is so incredible because she's not about sort of pushing her aesthetic. And I would just argue, I mean, if you're looking for a designer or for someone to help you, I think I've encountered a lot of designers through Twin Cities Live and then through meeting people who, you know, work alongside my mom or who have worked at different places where my mom has worked. And I think the key is not necessarily someone who is known to have the fanciest style or who is designed for, you know, highfalutin people. It's just getting that gut feeling that you connect with that person and that they are listening because that's the key. She creates spaces for people that they didn't even know they wanted. And then they're like, wow, this was me. Well, it's always so amazing to me. I think homes are such a priority for all of us. When you buy your first home, it's so exciting. But for so many people, myself included, when I was much younger, it stopped there. Oh, I have the house. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go buy a bunch of furniture. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to fill it up. And then you sort of feel like, well, why doesn't my house feel settled? Yeah. Why doesn't it feel quite right? And it really is that next extra step. And it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast is if you can't afford a designer, get that. I couldn't for years and years and years oh, and gosh, years. gosh, Yeah. If you, But, I mean, I think there are so many reasonable options. There are so many reasonable options out there that you can find that can help you along the way. And then when you can, do. I mean, honestly. Yeah, that's true. And the time, I think, is really important. You know, and this is like, regardless of what your budget is, because, I I mean, I get it. When you say the word designer, you're automatically thinking like huge, huge budget. budget. They freak out. Yeah. And we don't want to, I think there are lots of ways to make your house a home and have it reflect you without necessarily spending thousands and thousands of dollars. But a lot of it, I think, is just the time. I think so much of us are, are, think that when you get into your house or you get into your living space, you have to fill it up with stuff. I was just at a furniture store the other day with my husband and we were buying this mirror for our house and I was talking with the the salesperson there and she was like, you just wouldn't believe the number of people who come in and just go, okay, well, what can I get in three weeks? Like, I need to get this as fast as possible. Right. And, and you end up making decisions, I think, that you regret because you didn't give yourself time to kind of live in the space and work with the space. And that's where you're ma- wasting money. I think so, too. And I think there's it, it's okay to not have it be done. Yeah. It's okay for – and I think it goes back to something your mom, I think, was touching on. And we do need to have her back because I think there are steps that if you're going to have if – you, if you have a budget, that there are steps that you should take along the way. And that's get those foundational pieces – well, paint color first. Yeah. A thousand percent. I think a lot of people don't take that seriously enough. No, and that's the cheapest way to make your house feel fresh and great and fabulous, and that's just paint. 
It's just paint, and honestly, I've painted most of my houses. I actually like to paint rooms. I find it very soothing. Yeah. Um, but getting a great painter is is a wonderful thing, too, and, and that's an expense that's worth saving for. Or if you have the money, obviously get a great painter. But paint is, is – and that's why I asked your mom about what is your go-to paint color because I think if you really get overwhelmed by – and I've gone into paint stores, so many paint stores, and you do get overwhelmed by yeah. the colors and you get charmed by the colors. I know. That's the other problem is you get, oh, my God, look at that pink. <laughs> like, you put it up and – it's hideous. Yeah. I mean, it's just hideous on a wall. And I've learned that over the years of just stay with the neutrals. If you know, for us, we we never knew how long we were going to be in a house. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to sort of stay with the neutrals. And there are a couple of times where I've made big mistakes. Yellows are tricky, people. Yeah, yellows are very tricky. They're so tricky. Stay away from the yellows. I think so too. Yeah. I, and I learned this a lot by looking when we were looking at houses to buy. When you and you see the photos that are up mm-hmm. on, um, you know, whatever websites, and you're going, if it's a yellow room, yeah. it is hard to look good. Oh, yeah. I would say to people, if you're looking at, because I think yellow is a very hot color right now. It's hot in clothes. It's hot in a lot of things because it's all about sunshine and being bright. Unless a designer's guiding you through the yellow walls and everything else you're supposed to do around it, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Absolutely don't do it. It's We had a yellow living room, which was a recommended color, and I liked it very much. It was more of a butter Oh, that's nice. Um, so it was very nice, but it was when she showed it to me on the, you know, on the on the little deck. I was like, mm. and the only reason I went with it is because she recommended it because she was a designer and she had used it in a thousand houses. Mm-hmm. So she was confident that it was going to be okay. But boy, that's very tricky. Right now, we we live in the townhome in Phoenix. There's a there's a yellowish. I they before they sold it, the owners painted the whole townhome the same color, and it's this um, sort of uh, it's just got a hint of yellow in it, and what it feels is institutional. <laughs> <laughs> I have not that had the time. That doesn't feel great. It, it is. I am living in an institutional <laughs> nest right now. And it's not right. That's how I feel about right my white all. linoleum floors in my kitchen from 1980. See, combine those two, Elizabeth, yeah. not a good nest. It, it does not feel yeah. great. You know, a couple of other things since we had to let my mom go, but since I've, you know, been around her for yes, so many please. years, since the beginning of time, a couple of other things that she has advised me on that is really have really, really helped me is um, in decluttering. You know, it, we're all so used to, like, if you have a cute table or you have like a, you know, I don't know, like an end table, you've got a lamp, you end up with five picture frames, you end up with like all these little cute tchotchkes all over the place. Right. Take everything off and then put only a third back on. Oh, there you so go. So whatever shelf you have, if it's your mantle, if it's a bookshelf, I mean, these are things that we all have, and this is way regardless of budget. I mean, we all have this stuff. Take everything off and put only a third back on, and then put the other things away, and if you're really missing them, you can add them back in or put them in different places. But it's even for her, she'll say like, oh, I just all of a sudden looked at that table one day and was like, holy buckets, I've got a lot of stuff on there. Because it's so easy for us to go, oh, well, that's so cute, or that means something to us, or that's pretty, and then you put it all on there. And the other thing about tables, shelves, mantles that my mom loves is to go monochromatic. Mm. So to go all white or all metallic or all, you know, something like that so that you end up with accessories and picture frames and lamps, it automatically gives you a cleaner, less cluttered look if you're doing all one color. that's so easy to do like at Target or Ikea or places like that. And I think that's a that's interesting about 
pictures going monochromatic because I think what happens, and this has happened to me over the years, is the accumulation of pictures in all different frames. Yes. And it just, you don't realize it until you sort of move again or you sort of look at it with a fresh eye of how messy that looks. I know. And it just, and so sometimes it's just better, okay, I'm going to start over. Yeah. I'm just going to start over. I'm going to, I'm going to curate the frames. I'm going to curate the pictures. I'm going to get a consistent look. I think Instagram has changed everything on the idea of the gallery wall. Totally. You know, I'm going to, but I think there's, there's, there's something important about that in the sense of when you do sort of a gallery wall, those pictures look intentional. Mm -hmm. It looks like a design feature as opposed to, yeah, I'm just throwing a bunch of my family pictures up. And I think everybody can do that. Everybody's got pictures. Everybody's got a phone. They're taking a million pictures and these phones take amazing pictures that you can curate a family wall. It doesn't have to be sort of just a picture that somebody gave to you or a frame that somebody gave to you. Really think about that. And that's what actually that's what I'm doing right now um, in the bedroom in Kansas is I'm doing all the family pictures and I'm picking the frames and I'm trying to sort of make it be something a little artistic as opposed to, oh, I like this picture. I like that picture. Yeah. I'm trying to sort of have a theme to the pictures. But I think that's the key, Marjorie. And when, you, when you're talking about this, the word that you used was intentional that just mm-hmm. keeps like clanging in my brain because the difference – and this is the difference between – having a designer and not. And these are things that you can emulate regardless of if you're using a designer or not. And regardless of what your budget is, how much money you have, even if you're not going to buy anything new, it's intentional. It's being intentional about what you're placing where and what is important to you. Instead of just having, I mean, having a a nest that is a sanctuary and that a, a place that reflects you starts with being intentional about what you're putting in there and what you're putting where. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, and I think I think though we have to fight. I know I do. I have to fight like the end caps at Target. Yeah, I, know. I have to fight my inclination to see something that I I like and that's pretty and it's shiny and it's on sale or it's not on sale I know. that I want to bring into the house. And that took me a lot of years to learn how to resist because there's a lot of cool stuff out there. But the problem is, is you keep bringing that in and you have no sort of, there's no edit to your home. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why your home is overwhelming. But you go to walk into a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx, they know this about us. <laughs> I know. They know that we want the next furry pillow. They know that we want a great, you know, sign that says something sweet that we want to hang on the wall. It's really hard to resist that, but I think you have to have intention. And I wasn't always good at that. I really wasn't. And I've gotten much better at it because I think particularly in this last move, when I saw how much I just gave away. Yeah. That I really shouldn't have purchased in the first place. I know. I, I know. Just, it should have never even gone through. It shouldn't have come into the house. Yeah, that happened a lot with us because we put our house on the market a few years ago, and then we put it on the market this past um, fall when we actually right. did end up moving. And I I think that everybody should pretend that they're putting their house on the market yeah. like every three years. You're exactly You should right. just go, okay, I am putting my house on the market. I've got to clear everything out because it was amazing just on, you know, on like a hutch that I had. And I I mean, I have a lot of furniture that's hand-me-downs from my mom. <laughs> it's <Right>. great. Oh, <laughs> a, I know. This is such a good thing. It's really great. Like, you know, she found some great deal on something or I've bought things from her clients who've been downsizing and then they sell stuff back you know they'll be like they don't do you know anyone who would want this and then i buy it for way cheap it's a great situation yes it Um, is but i will like have a hutch and then i realized 
I mean, the entire thing was packed with stuff. And even though it was like all white stuff or all really cute, like bowls and things like that, there were 20 bowls on there. My husband is like, <laughs> he keeps, he's like, the last thing we need are more, more bowls. If we go into places, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, look how cute those bowls are. And he's like, take a Stop. step back, step away from the bowls. Stop. Be- that was, that was me and pillows. I love bowls. <laughs> Want everything in a bowl. Yeah. But you don't need them. You don't need them. And once you get rid of them, and it it is either pretend if you're in your house and you're going to be there a long time. I think that's really good advice. Pretend you're going to sell it. Yeah. Because it forces you to look at your house, how you think other people are going to look at it. Mm -hmm. And suddenly when you have 22 pillows on your king size bed, which your husband's been complaining about for five years because it's <laughs> stupid, you suddenly go, oh, I don't need this many or as many bowls. Yeah. So now that's really good advice too. Now on the monochromatic thing, I have an issue with that. Okay. So this might be our first little designing uh, tiff. We're going to fight. Might have, we might have a little fight over this. I can't, it really, really bothers me when I see in magazines books that are put on a bookshelf as an aesthetic touch. I think books are for reading, (laughs) not for designing. And it really bothers me when I see, like, books turned the other way because they look aesthetically pleasing to a designer. That's fair. A lot of people get very upset. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. So there are a couple things that I that I think are legitimate to get upset about with books. Turning them the other way. It's idiotic. People who love books are just violently offended (laughs) by this. And then also covering books with like white paper. Yes. And just putting them up. People who love books also hate that. And I think that's fair, Marjorie. I think that's totally fair. I love to use books as accessories because I love to put them. I love to have books everywhere. Like I use them. I have cookbooks that are then like they're used to put set a lamp a little bit higher. Like if my lamp I feel like is a little bit too short, I set cookbooks underneath it. And then every time I walk past them, I'm reminded, oh, I want to get in the kitchen and be cooking. Okay. See, that I get. So that you get. I get. But I I understand that. I think that's very fair. Book lovers, I mean, if I walk into a house and the people, I never have. Let me just first say this. I've never seen this out in the wild. I've never seen this in real life. You see it in magazines. I see it in magazines. But if I walked into a house where all their books were turned around (laughs) so you couldn't see the binding. I know. I don't know what I would say to those people. (laughs) I honestly don't. You would say I have to leave. I have to leave. I cannot be your friend because I don't understand you. I fundamentally don't understand you. I cannot be your friend. (laughs) No, that's what I would say. I totally get it. Book people, um, like, you know, we have a built-in, I've never had like a built-in bookcase anywhere and I just love them. And we have on our landing this one built-in bookcase. I'll post a photo of it on Best to the Nest on our Instagram because I actually took all my, I have tons of cookbooks. I love cookbooks. I have, I have them like color coordinated so that they kind of all go together and, and then I have them by size and it was like the most gratifying thing to put my books in this built in bookcase. And that's what you get. Like that's part of the joy of really old houses is that you have just like a random built in, like an old, cool, quirky thing with old glass. That's really, really fun. But I've even, you know, that's even part of the editing process. Like being intentional about where I place them based on their size and their color does make it feel, it just makes, when I look at that bookcase, I feel like calm rather than holy moly, there's a lot of stuff on that. Right. Right. And it it brings you joy, which is what it's all supposed to do. I will say one other thing about something that I did when... I guess in our house in St. Paul, you see this in all the magazines, so I'm not saying anything that I think is particularly genius. I'm just going to say that it brought me a lot of happiness over the years, is I had a couple of great 
pieces of artwork yeah. that the kids did. Oh. And I had them professionally framed. And so oh, that was in one room. And they were colorful and bright. I will say this for, I wouldn't say that my children, I don't think they'll listen to this, are particularly talented artists. <laughs> but there's a span where imaginations run wild between about, I'd say, four and seven. Yeah. Where the artwork is really interesting. For the most part. My older son went through a phase. We had taken him to see Lion King. So he went through this phase of drawing sort of abstract lions. And they were fascinating. That's cool. Like they were really interesting. Yeah. And angels. So there were those. Campbell, my younger son, really even in the four to seven range, not so much talent there. (laughs) But... He did one picture that I framed, which I love, which was a family portrait, Elizabeth. I love family portraits that my daughter makes are my favorite. See, I would do, like, if I could do it again, I would just have them obsessively draw family portraits and then frame those and put them all in a room. And that would be the theme because they're hysterical. So the one that he did of my, of the family, he was probably five. My husband's eyes underneath his eyes were purple. Because my husband was very tired all the time. Because he was probably doing some (laughs) wretched morning show. Right. So underneath his eyes, they were purple. (laughs) And then, Elizabeth, I had the largest two front teeth you could ever imagine. (laughs) Like the biggest buck teeth you could ever. I'm like, oh, my God. That's how you see me. That's how you see me. But it was so cute. And those those were framed. And I would put those up. And and that's kind of fun because, like, your cookbooks, every time I would see those, I mean, they were matted and in, in these nice, simple black frames. Cute. It was fun. My it was mom fun. recommends, too, with that, she loves um, acrylic frames, which are super inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And then you can switch out the artwork. Perfect. So if you have, like, a couple in a little area, you know, stacked on top of each other or whatever, then you, yeah. can, then you can just switch out the art as they bring home something that you really love and always have it displayed, which um, I think is really cute, too. And it matters to them. Yeah. It matters to them. They see that what they do has, because it's on the wall, because it's framed, I get, right there, it feels like it has worth. And I think they, I, I know my kids loved it. It's so fun. You know, yeah. making a house that's a home, it's really special. We'll have to have Susie back because she has a lot more to say about I making your does. nest the best. You should see all the questions I still have for her. <laughs> I've got many. She had to go. She had to go talk to a client. All right, Marjorie, until next week. Until next week. Love you, darling. Love you, too.